we have a big following in Kansas. Yeah. Salina, Kansas. It's well, like a big thing. Real? It's real, yeah. Our biggest per capita. Per capita, our biggest following is in Salina, Kansas. Awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Coming at you live from the Plum in Cleveland, Ohio. Here's Pancom Podcast with Mike Beltran and our special guest, Brett Sawyer. Hello. (laughs) So this is a a much different um, version of Pancom Podcast. This is not being recorded in Miami at all, which is. The first time we've ever done that, ever. And um, we're interviewing Brett Sawyer, which is a a very dear friend of mine. And we actually only have one microphone, so it's going to be very different than usual. We're going to be handing these things off. There's going to be stuff. There's going to be like dead silence in between. It's going to be weird. But uh, say hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm Brett. Uh (laughs) I'm just really, I'm, I'm still, I'm still uh, blushing about him calling me his dear friend. So, oh, that's yeah, nice. that's nice. That's good. So, I'm going to give people a little bit of background why why we're here and why this is happening. So, um, six years ago, six years ago, when I was working at the Cypress Room, Michael Schwartz comes into the Cypress Room while I was prepping. I was actually butchering fish and says, "Hey, by the way, uh, this guy." is going to sleep on your couch next week. And I was like, what, do you, what does that mean? What do you mean some guy is going to sleep on my couch next week? He said, uh, my friend Jonathan Sawyer, no relation, none. none. Um, his sous chef is going to sleep on your couch. They're coming for South Beach Winter Wine Festival. And I said, you know, no. No, I don't know who this person is. I don't want this person to sleep on my couch. I don't like, and he was like, Mike's, Michael's initial response was, don't be such an asshole. Just let the guy sleep on your couch. And I was like, well, what, what if the guy's a douchebag? And he was like, he's not going to be a douchebag. And I'm like, you don't know that for certain. And he was like, so we just went back and forth. Long story short, comes Brett, Brett Sawyer, no relation to Jonathan Sawyer, and sleeps on my couch. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty comfortable couch. I'm not going to lie. There was no TV. So entertainment-wise, very, very minimal. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you showed me, you showed me around. Uh, you fed me. I can remember, um, I, I flew in, uh, Jackie, how do you say your last name? Say, say it. it. Say it. Say it. Yes. Uh, Jackie Say It picked me up from the airport and took me straight to Cypress room. Uh, I walked in, um, I think it was towards the end of, of service, uh, at that point and, uh, sat down, came out, introduced yourself, asked if I was hungry. I said yes, and then you proceeded to crush me uh, with food. But I do remember the thing I loved the most was a calf liver. And, no, frog legs. Oh, no, calf's liver and scallops. But then you also gave me lollipop frog's legs, yeah, which, I, which I quite enjoy. Yeah, and I don't like frog's legs. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of frog's legs, but they were delicious. So yeah. it's, it's amazing that I can't remember things that happened two months ago. But this, yeah. is, uh, it sticks pretty hard in my memory, so... So I think it's really cute that you were like, oh, you showed me around. Let's dive deep. <laughs> Let's really talk about how we became friends so quickly. Because this was a very different time in my life. Um, so you came into town. I was like, I think me giving you the scallop and calves liver dish was to, to try and see how far you would go. If I was a douchebag. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you were like, you know, I'm not really into that. I'd be like, yeah, this guy, 
whatever, you know. But then you loved it. So I was like, yeah, we could be friends. And um, then at that point, uh, we, we just painted Miami red yeah. for five days. And we closed down the Deuce twice. We closed down other places that I won't talk about twice. Uh, we, um, we went to a farm. We actually went to a farmer's market because I forgot to order turnips. Really, the, this was all leading up to you were doing stuff with Jonathan. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and then um, on that Sunday, we had a dinner with Gramercy Tavern, and you were going to hang out and help cook. And then the night before that, we went to the chef's. Um, it was like a chef's party they, they do at 27, or it was back then it was just uh, the Broken Shaker, which is a very famous bar in Miami. Uh, that's great. They're great. And um, uh, we got fucking annihilated. We got super trashed. And uh, we, we were very hungover. And I forgot to order turnips. So we had to wake up at 6 in the morning to make sure we got the turnips. And that we had to make sure we were going to be alert enough to cook with Michael Anthony the following day. Yeah, it's very true. Um, all of that. And... <laughs> We um, we did get up at 6 a.m., although we didn't sleep much because um, I was very sick through the night. And it just so happened that your bathroom was also in basically in your bedroom. In my room. Yeah. And so, and so it was, must have been roughly 3 or 4 a.m. Um, when, I, when I, I ran into the bathroom to um, orally relieve myself of oh my what... <laughs> Um, of, you know, of, of, of the night's misgivings. And then, um, and then at 6 a.m., we had to get up and go buy turnips, of which then I spent the next six hours oh, man, turning. So good. Yeah. I think the best part was, is I didn't want to clean these turnips, and I knew you didn't want to actually move. So I just, I was like, Brett, you want to clean turnips? Like, yeah. And you spent six hours cleaning turnips. <laughs> I mean, they were perfectly clean, in which I give you credit for. Yeah. I- so we've been, we've been friends ever since. Yeah, okay, sure. I have to I have to throw in an extra little tidbit in that. Uh, so we did family meal that day, and and I was cutting the. Uh, this is not. I don't think I don't even know if you know this. So I was cutting the meat for 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 staff meal, and uh, I looked over as I was slicing meat, and I cut my fingertip nearly off. Okay. And and I like it happened. I'm sure I went white. Nobody saw it. I looked around. Nobody was looking. And I immediately just kind of like dropped my knife, walked away, walked in the back, asked somebody where the tape was, found a napkin, and then just wrapped my finger, walked back over, and just kept slicing the meat. There it is. So the tip was still on, thank goodness. It, wasn't in, it wasn't in staff meal. Right. Um, but, and, then, and then later, I had to stand next to Michael Anthony while, while plating things. And, and I, I'm sure that I reeked of alcohol. And I was moving slow, and he leaned in, very, very quietly and very, very sweetly, because that's the kind of man he is. <laughs> and he said, "You know, if you wanted to move a little faster, it would be okay." <laughs> that's so priceless. I really, Michael Anthony, and that was like, he's great and he's famous. Yeah. But I think that was like when when he really hit like his peak. You know, I think he was nominated for like Chef of the Year from the J- the Beard Awards that year, and it was, it was right when the Tavern the book came out. And uh, I mean, he really was incredible to work with for a day. I mean, he was like super, like just like 
even, you know, like he didn't, he didn't like lose his temper much. I mean, he did a little bit. His sous chef Duncan was awesome, which we just, we just talked about him the other day. Yeah. And and the food was phenomenal. It was like, it was a really, I would say that was one of the more memorable dinners that I've ever been a part of. That preparation of of fennel, the the orange juice braised fennel. Yeah, forever. forever. I've used it. You've used it, right? I'm going to get in here real close because we only have one microphone. Just going to do it like this? Like, hey. Um, I've probably, is this too close? Am I in? You're fine. Yeah. Okay. Is, it, is it weird at all? There it is. <laughs> Better. Better. Yeah. Weird because you're... Okay, I'm going to cross my legs. Oh, because trying to... If we want yeah. to do this... There yeah, that's go. better. That's good. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, that orange braised fennel has been on the area menu like at least five times. Yeah, we've used it here. I've used it uh, on parties. I've used it here on, on dishes um, in many different iterations. I think the first... Uh, the first beet dish that we ever put on the menu of the plum. One eternity later. And we're back. <laughs> what were we even talking about? Oh, how we met. We did that. We were going to that. Oh, we were going to trans. That's, that's our, our producer is pushing us along. It's pushing us along. Come on, guys. Stop. <laughs> Anyways, so um, we just did a dinner. And... Uh, in classic, like, I feel it was very classic Mike Beltran, Brett Sawyer. We, we ran it all the way to the wire. Definitely. <laughs> it, was, you know. it, was like, uh, it was like three days sitting on your porch. Hanging out. Hanging out. Talking about it. Yeah, and um, ideas that none of them materialized. Yeah, I mean, not really. Yeah, no. I mean, some of them, like a few. Tuna and berries, I think, were, was the only dish that has stood strong for like four days. For the whole thing? Yeah, uh, and the whole—I mean, the whole hog. We got the pig in. So that, yeah, that well, that started four months ago as a lamb. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It, it was a whole lamb, and we're gonna have this like beautiful breakdown. And then we got here yeah. three days ago, and like, let's just do hog. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I thought the dinner went really well, considering that it was really off the cuff. Yeah, I agree. It was. Don't be scared to grab this mic because I feel weird just throwing it at your face. I kind of like it. It's very. <laughs> It's very like um, Price is Right. Like yeah. when you watch when you watch Bob Barker, be like, "What price is it?" And then you know he gives it gives it a, a fling. Um, but yeah, uh, it was very, <laughs> it was very it was it was it was planned, unplanned. Like we, I think we both knew going in that it was going to be us hanging out for a few days, talking shit, and then uh, you know, and then the end was going to kind of be down. You know, I mean, this is it's how you do it, right? I mean, no, never, not anymore, not anymore. Us either. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, what us getting together, why it ended up I mean, maybe because we just, we were hanging out. We were just having fun. Like, I think that's what made it special. I'm taking the microphone away from you because it's making Listen. it like, <laughs> like we have not done any work for the last four days and which we have, no, we have, we did two pop-ups while, while I was here. We did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but let's talk about the first one on Friday. We introduced Frida. So, okay. Before we even get there. Brett has another restaurant. So there's the Plum that's in Ohio. This is Ohio City? Ohio City, yes. And then there's Good Company. Where's Good Company? Battery Park. Battery Park. That's right. There's a big smokestack that says Battery Park. Yeah. So Battery Park is your more casual restaurant. And then uh, Plum is more your, I think, a good word is expressionary. Yeah, it's a great word. It's the best word anybody's ever used to describe. Well, because uh, I do it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
A lot of people love to say that they don't know how to categorize, but I think good. that's a good way to do it. Good. And that's what we go for. I mean, we don't we don't want to be pigeonholed to anything. Um, but good company, very much. It's a burger joint, um, you know, full bar, uh, hip sports bar, modern sports bar, whatever you want to call it. But that's kind of our idea. Uh, it's a mix between a diner uh, and a sports bar, and everything's made in-house from scratch. Yeah. I spent a lot of time at Good Company, and I ate there twice. And good I met... Time. I may go back tonight. What do you think? Maybe okay. Uh, we got the okay. And um, it was delicious. And I, what I'm still shocked by is that you have an all-house-made burger and you charge $6 for it. And you have, pre- you have pretzels. I got it. Nolan did well, your pastry chef for your company. Um, all in-house-made bread, uh, pretzels, like... Just ice cream. And you know, can you talk about red relish? Red relish. I can talk for a long time about red relish. Compartmentalize. All right. So red relish is the original special sauce. Uh, The the first double decker burger ever was Big Boy, uh, California, 1946 ish. I might be wrong about that. Um, Everything after that copied Big Macs, Burger King. Everything was a copy of the Big Boy double decker burger. Three buns. Red Relish. Red Relish is or was uh, originally uh, Heinz ketchup. Always Heinz. Always Heinz. Um, Not always Heinz, but Heinz. Uh, it's good. It's Go not. On, let's anyway, not let's not. We're gonna, so Heinz ketchup, uh, chili sauce, and pickle relish. Um, we our version is a little different. Uh, we use instead of pickle relish, we use green olives. Uh, we do that because there's a, an area in northern Michigan uh, that loves to put chopped green olives on their burger. Uh, and, and I think that's a very, I love green olives, and I think that's a very strange but wonderful addition to a burger. Um, but uh, so we kind of slid that in. So we made our amalgam of, of red relish, and, and it's uh, people use it as a condiment. It sits at the table, and they put it on everything from french fries to our celery root to you know, their sandwich. So, so I'm going to make a hard shift here. I'm going to take a left and we're going to talk about, so when we met six years ago to where we are now, Brett and I have lived very parallel lives. I think, you know, we went from, uh, having our like first restaurants going to work for people that we consider mentors, you and Jonathan Sawyer, me with Michael Schwartz and Norm Van Aken before that working with some great people and then uh, having our own expressionary restaurant, which is our, you know, I keep telling people that Ariad is the strongest, uh, like is really my expression, the most common of my expression. And I would think that you would say the same for Plum. Absolutely. I mean, I think I can do whatever I want at the Plum and that's how I feel about it. That's strong. But yeah, I mean, that is true, (laughs) which I had dinner last night for my birthday and it was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then you went and you opened up a uh, more casual, family-friendly, just, you know, overall check-average-friendly kind of joint uh, that you also equally like in good company and like I did with Chugs. Um, but even apart from that, on a personal level, we were both pretty uh, – we lived the lifestyle pretty strong. And then uh, you got married and you just had a baby six months ago, right? Five, five, five and a half. Five and a half months ago, and um, we 
in comparison to when I was here three years ago, because I came here three years ago to do a dinner in Detroit, um, you know, our conversations have changed tremendously. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Uh, we, we went from being like hardcore chefs to hardcore chefs and business owners. Absolutely. And the business owner part is, is really, I think, where we're both at right now. Yeah. Um, I think in the beginning, you know, you open a restaurant because you want to do what you want to do. Like, you, you know, you want to be able to walk out and talk to the tables. You want to be able to put whatever you want on the menu. Um, but you also want to be able to, to tell somebody to fuck off if, you know, sure. you feel like they don't understand what you're doing. You, you have that as a, as a sous chef or a line cook or whatever it is that you, you're doing before you have that feeling of like, I wish I could do this. Um, and I think a lot of people go into this business thinking that that's what they're going to do. Um, I think that we've come a long way and grown quite a bit <laughs> in, uh, in the way that we, we approach the thing we do. Yeah. I mean, from the second you picked me up at the airport to like now, I think the biggest thing that's most evident is our personal growth. I think that we've both become better chefs. Uh, I think more understanding of our own expression is a good way to put it. I think skill set was there, but I think uh, more confident in what, what it is you're trying to accomplish, I think is where you see our own personal growth the most. And then just like from a business aspect, I mean, we've been talking business for five straight days, um, you know, and I think that that's, it's cool to see and not just business talking about like on our personal life, uh, from a personal perspective, our personal lives and how those things have changed and, you know, how things have changed just across the board from like a foundationary level of our life to where we are now. And I think that that's very important, you know, and it shows in the way that you handle your staff, the way you operate, the way you talk to people. And I'm the same way. Um, I think all of that. And uh, I think something else that's really cool is the fact that we, although being thousands of miles away from each other, you know, food has really brought us both to a certain place and like the restaurant business. And it's all been very parallel and very similar, just in different parts of the world. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, um, where we started off when we met and where we're at now and, and those parallels running, you know, I mean, I know, I know a lot of people with restaurants. I know a lot of other chefs. Um, but for us to be so far away and somehow still be running so close together in what we're learning and how we're doing things says a lot about, uh, you know, who we were in the beginning yeah. and, 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 you know, why we became such fast friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a reason why we became friends so quickly. You know, other than the drinking until five in the morning, which was great. It was great. We had a lot of fun. It was a good time. time. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the event that you're doing. What is it in two weeks from now? A month. In a month from now. Yeah, a month from now. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? I know this is something that's very important to you. So it's something that I want to I want to talk about in depth. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I'm I know that a topic right now, especially in our industry, is mental health. Uh, you know, substance abuse, those kind of things. Um, you know, I, I've struggled with mental, mental health issues, uh, my whole life. I didn't, I don't think I ever realized it, you know, when I was younger, obviously a, a lot of people don't, but, um, you know, as I got older, uh, things became more apparent. I started therapy, um, about 
six years ago, right around the time, shortly after I met you. Um, I go to therapy once a week. Uh, I, I have had the same therapist since then. Um, and it is, you know, a big part of my personal growth is, is that. It's, it's, it's dealing with my mental health in a way that makes my everyday life better, but not just mine, but, but everybody in my life. So my wife's, uh, eventually my child's, you know, but, but just as much my business and, and the people and my staff and everybody, you know, learning how to deal with my shit helps me deal with their shit. And, um, you know, it's a big deal to me to be open about it because I think that that's something that, uh, we haven't been open about in our industry for a long time. Um, so last year, uh, we, we started, uh, a fundraiser dinner. Uh, we had 11, uh, 11 restaurants from the area, Cleveland, uh, Columbus, Detroit, Pittsburgh, um, friends of ours, basically that we wanted to hang out with cook, uh, and, and raise money for a good cause. So we call it, uh, in a moment of, um, genius, I think, uh, I called it, <laughs> uh, the plumber time, uh, good vibes cookout. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it just really seemed to fit what we were trying to do. And the idea is to get a bunch of friends together who we want to cook with, hang out with, uh, and have a backyard barbecue, but a very large scale backyard barbecue. So we cook on charcoal grills. Everybody picks, um, you know, something that, that they want to cook, something simple. And the idea is, uh, you know, we, we get sponsors from, from food and beverage and, uh, you know, we just hang out, we just have a cookout and, and, and we raise money for a good cause, which is NAMI, uh, the Northern Alliance. I'm sorry, Northern, I always do this, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And what they do is, um, they provide, uh, mental health, uh, assistance to, or they connect people with low income, fa- low income families, low income uh, people with mental health issues, uh, they connect them with mental health professionals uh, who will help them out for little to no money. Uh, and that's that's what NAMI does. And, and so I think it's a great thing, especially for people in our business, when you don't have health insurance, things like that, you can turn to NAMI uh, and they can connect you with somebody that can help you. So um, that's what we do. And this year we're at 21 restaurants, I believe, um, unless you want to come up again and that'd be 22 but uh <laughs> but yeah we're at 21 restaurants uh we've expanded to indianapolis cincinnati la um and and again it's it's a it's a casual fun event and and it's just something near and dear to my heart so uh it's a good time just going back to the the mental health aspect in the last six years do you feel like that like being a chef connected to your like the whole mental health aspect have you seen a change not just like in your food but how you handle people and how you handle business how you handle just like overall things in in life like what is what do you think it's affected the most like you know just the whole aspect of going out seeking help feeling better about it and then you know like what has the outcome been like where do you see that it's helped you the most yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I handle the small situations and the large situations better. I, I deal with things in a less aggressive, uh, in a less uh, combative way. Um, and, I, and I find that not only does it help um, my everyday situation, you know, I, I, I think of it like this. You know, if I get upset and I get angry with somebody and I yell, 
or or worse. Um, it doesn't just ruin their day. It ruins my day. And then in a, in a restaurant like ours, in a small restaurant with a small staff, it ruins everybody's day. So I set the tone. Every day I wake up, I come in here, I set the tone for the way it's going to feel, for how the staff's going to feel. And my therapy, you know, the way that I deal with those issues, it, it, it's, it, like, that's, that's a big part of it, you know? Um, and so regularly checking myself and making sure that, um, that I'm dealing with things on a more humane level, that I'm not just overreacting or just reacting to the situation, you know, in the way that I came up. And I think that, you know, there's, I'm not, I, I would never specifically call out any of the chefs that I worked for, but, um, there was, you know, that, that tone is, was normal back then. And you just dealt with it. And, yeah. and I think that we became so thick skinned that, um, that, that it was hard to overcome that. And so I, you know, I, I, in the beginning, when we first opened my restaurant or, you know, when we first opened the plum, you know, I was still on that wave. Like I was still there and, and therapy has helped me reevaluate what's important, reevaluate what is, what, what kind of reaction I need to have to certain things. And it's, it, it, you know, we hope we keep staff longer now. Um, you know, there's, there's less turnover, there's less, uh, there's less mood changes. I think that everything that we do is better because from the top down, we, 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 t we look at things differently. It's interesting that you say that it really affects like your mood sets the tone for the whole day. And I think that's like, I've never heard a truer statement because you know, I feel the same way in a, a lot of aspects. We, by nature, are a little edgy because uh, we want to be great. And it's it's hard to separate that feeling from, you know, creating, like setting a bad tone. Because you, you want to find everything bad and you don't see anything good. Um, and that's been a big change for, for me, too. So I think that's, I think it's interesting to see, um, like, how... How that's, and something that you said, talking about how you treat your staff and how you keep them longer. The something else that I've noticed too in the last five days is how you talk about you talk about the people around you more than you talk about yourself, and I think that says a lot about your growth. I think that's very important about you know not just nurturing just restaurants, but nurturing a company. You know you have to. You're nobody without your staff. You're nobody without the people around you. And I think that's like those tyrannical chefs, they can't do that. They don't know how to do that. They And they don't ever care about anyone but themselves. So even from like a, not even talking about being a chef, just being a human being, can't nurture like good vibes and like good feelings without, you know, wanting good people around you. So I think that that's great. I wish I could be here next month, um, but someone was late in telling me, that it was next month, so I'm not going to call any names out. It's, I'll definitely be here next year in Cleveland. i got to make my yearly visit to Cleveland. Um, so, but anyways, so what, what else do you want to talk about? You want to talk about something else? Let's talk about, we have, uh, our producers here is telling us that we have 15 more minutes. That's it? Yeah. Well, you know. Well, I mean, let's talk about pizza. Pizza, that's an interesting topic. Pizza and burgers. You know. Let's have this conversation. I, you want me? being the best and being ah, people's that's, favorites. Okay, that's good. So I've often 
uh, talked about, like, so Chugs, for example, I don't want to be the best Cuban sandwich and I don't want to be the best uh, pango lechong. I don't want to be the best pastelito. I just, I, I want to do it our way. But then you hit me with a line that I will steal forever. And if you want to share it with the crowd, the 22 people that are listening. Sure. What's up, Kansas? Um, <laughs> so it's the line of Kansas. How you doing? Uh, so yeah, you know, it, it, it's, you know, opening a, a burger joint, we had a lot to think about. We did a lot of research. You know, it's not, we don't do anything. We don't do anything easy. That's not, that's not how we do things. Um, and it's for good reason, because I think if it's easy, it, it, it's not done well. Um, I think everything done well has some type of like hardship behind it. Yeah. So we did our research. We, we ate a lot of burgers and let me tell you, it sounds like it's not hard, but that's hard. Uh, like my, my, I turned into a French fry at one point, I'm pretty sure. Um, but you know, so, you know, the idea behind us doing anything is, is that we want to, we want to do it top notch. We want to be good at it. Um, and not just good, like we want to be better than most. Right. But I think that things like there are certain types of food and maybe everything, but there are certain types of food that you grow up with, um, that are classics, right? Pizza, burgers, you know, depending on where you're from, Cuban sandwiches, um, fried chicken, you know, and those things are difficult to do the best of because everybody's version of what is the best is different. And most people's version of what is the best comes from what they grew up eating. You know, it's not, it's not the best thing you've ever had. It's, it's the thing that you grew up eating the most of. It's the nostalgia for that food from wherever it is that you remember having it the first or second time, the time that it just exploded in your, in your mind. Um, so when we decided we wanted to do burger joint, you know, we decided that we didn't have to have the best burger because the best burger is impossible. It's an impossible thing to do. So all we want is we don't want to have the best. We just want it to be your favorite. And and that's the line that that I that I said to you, and and I think it clicked with you, and I think you understood it probably more than anybody that I've known that I've said it to. Um, it really set in with you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it. I think you finished the sentence of something I've been trying to say for like months, because I don't I don't want to be the, the be- like I hate that fucking I hate it. It boils my blood. I have the best. What? I mean, shut up! You don't have the best. Because it, it's all like the best is different for everyone. So like, you know, and I, I love my city, but in every corner it's like, we have the best ceviche. We have the best Cuban sandwich. We have the best this. We have the best flunk. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You just, you, uh, it's the best for you. Right. But it's your favorite then. Right. And then when you said that, I'm like, oh my God. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Like the, it clicked and I'm forever going to steal this. And that's fine. That, thank you. you. Take it. Yeah. Good. I appreciate it. Can I say, yeah. so I, I have to say this and it, it's, you know, and it's 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 the culture we live in, right? Like it's 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 the listicle. It's the oh, best of this. The it's, listicle. It's, it's thrillistical. It's 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 and and no offense. Like I'm happy to be on your list. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. But that the list, the best of list, isn't the best of. It's somebody's favorite. It's whoever writing its favorite. It's it's it. It doesn't matter who it is. It's their favorite. And it's and each person writing that list is going to give you what they they have a base for it. So they have something they're comparing it to. Um, so, like, it, you know, they're always, it's always going to be different. May I? Just like I agree with – I'm going to disagree, though. Because, like, the listicle isn't born by somebody's favorite. The listicle is born by dollars. 
The listicle is born by people that they're PR driven. And listen, I like being on the list too. I'm on plenty of lists and I like it. Thank you. I deserve to be on the list. There's people that deserve to be on the list too. But then when you read the list, you're going to be like, yo, how'd this guy sneak in here? Yeah. How'd this person sneak in? Why is that guy on the list? Well, and, but, and then furthermore, why isn't this other place on the list? And they're small and they're great. They're amazing. But why aren't they on your list? That's because they don't pay a PR company to be put on your radar. So then that's like, that's when the dollar signs come in. And it's not there. Yes. Some extent it's about your favorite. Like Chugs is plenty of people's favorite. And I love that. I'm sure good company is plenty of people's favorite. And I love that area too. And the plum. But there's also certain things that you look at and you're like, yo man, how did that make it on there? Like I hear like there's a taco place in Cleveland doesn't be doesn't belong on lists and it is, so but you know and then there's places like that they that 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 aren't you know and like that taco place that I went to three years ago and we went to two days ago it's still fucking amazing. They're on the list. They're on the list, but they're not on top of the list. Yeah. So anyways, um, but I, it's stuff like that you know. Yeah. I think that 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 is like I've never heard a truer statement, and I think that's also a very grown up business perspective. That's not a chef's perspective. Because when you're a chef and you're putting pen to paper and you're like, I want to create the best dish ever. And now it's not like that. I still want to create the best dish ever. For me, I think I'm doing the best of something. But it's really like, you know, everyone's perception is different. So the best of whatever can be different. You know, like the pizza that I grew up with isn't necessarily good pizza, but I love that pizza. It's one of my favorite pizzas. Like Casola's is not good pizza, but I love Casola's. You know, like, and I'm sure that you have... um, you have stuff like that too. P- Pizza House, Wellington, Ohio. Uh, it's probably it's it's. I, every time I go home, I get a pizza. I might not eat it that night. It might just be cold the next day. But every time I go home, and it's not. But it's also the pizza that I compare every pizza to. And I won't. I mean, I'm not going to compare. You know, a wood fire pizza to that. But like when I go get a pan pizza in Ohio, I'm always looking for it to taste just like Pizza House. Yeah. And if it doesn't taste like Pizza House, it's fine. But it's not the best. It's not. It's not my favorite. Yeah. And like you know, I found a couple places that are close, but I still drive forty five minutes sometimes to get a pizza, just because that's the pizza I want. It's dedication. Forty five minutes for a pizza is dedication. I hear in Miami everything's forty five minutes away. No, it depends what time of the day. It's like always like fifteen minutes, but if it's six, it's an hour and a half. So that's just like the way. It goes. But everything in Cleveland is like thirty minutes away. That's it. Yeah, it's 30 yeah. minutes. We're essentially located from 30, we're 30 minutes from everything. Yeah, that's far. No. So um, I guess we can start to wind down. We're starting to wind down. I'm going to talk about some of the things that I really enjoyed in Cleveland. Um, and then I'm going to give you a chance to just, I don't know, you, we do like a shameless plug section. Oh. You just plug yourself for whoever in, whoever in Cleveland's going to, whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean. For Kansas. For Salina, <laughs> whenever they're coming here, you should have a, 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 a how do you say it? pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin podcast. That's pumpkin, what, uh, uh, no, uh, it's uh, pan cone pod. Pan, oh man, this is bad. <laughs> no wonder we're not big. We can cut this out, right? Like, yeah, no, this is all making it. This is all gonna be Nick. Keep this stuff, okay? Pancone podcast. Yeah, yeah. So um, you should make a shirt that says "Big in Salina." <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, Rising Star Coffee. I went there three times. I very much enjoyed it. So you went to so how many how many coffee places did you go? I've only been to two, which was Poor, and then Rising Star. 
And then you went to Good Kind, which is at the end of my story. Oh, Good Kind. I like that's that one. That's just a coffee house. That's just, right. So, but I think they use duck rabbit. Right. Sure. Like the drip. I did like the drip. So I liked all the coffee places. But Rising Star was the one. Just the, the, they had that one interpretation of a latte that I really enjoyed. It was a little too sweet for me, and a little, but it was good, really good. Uh, I went to the Plum. I thoroughly enjoyed my meal at the Plum. I obviously enjoyed my meal. Good company. Uh, I if I lived in Cleveland, I would frequent these two places often, like very, very much. Um, so you know, there's that. The Black Pig. We had a good meal there. Um, Larder. We had. We went there like three times. They were nice enough to hook us up with lunch today, which was very nice of them. Um, we went to the super electric, su- super electric, <laughs> super electric pinball world, whatever. But that was a lot of fun. We went there. Um, the uh, what's the taco place? La Plaza. La Plaza, which is actually a supermarket, but it was a supermarket very near and dear to my heart. They had the largest container of tagine I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> which was amazing. Uh, I it's felt pronounced tagine, right? Like, whatever, sorry, however, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> I'm not Mexican though. You're about to say I'm, I'm Spanish. No, it's not the same. It's like Don't Spanish, start this. Spanish, right? like, Relax. Take it easy. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I said pancon, so. <laughs> Pan- panko breadcrumbs. Panko, panko podcast. It's a panko podcast. We've turned into a breadcrumb. Um, all in all, I think if I were to just give like a survey of Cleveland, when I came to Cleveland three years ago, I was very surprised. And I'm still like, the scene here is very cool. Uh, I actually, I also went to Michael's Genuine while I was in Cleveland. There is a Michael's Genuine food and drink in Cleveland, uh, not just the design district. So, um, you know, Michael Schwartz, shout out to you. Uh, well, oh, and then I cannot just Mitchell's and and Mason's Creamery, right? Mitchell's ice cream was awesome. Mason's was awesome. Uh, I liked. I'm a big ice cream person, so I like both of them very much. Um, so yeah, uh, and then now I think it's just unless do you want you want to add something here? Yeah, I just want to. I'm, I'm gonna throw this out just because uh, my people at BNG. Oh. BC and Cynthia uh, have the best burger in town. I mean, I I love my burger, but it's the best. It's your favorite uh, <laughs> burger. Yeah, no, it's the best. But <laughs> it is my favorite burger. There's some of my favorite people. Um, other than that, like, uh, yeah, I think you got everybody. Yeah. You know, for the most part, there's some places like Banter if you want some poutine. Yeah. Uh, and some sausages. Ohio City Provisions uh, slash. Bye. Nice meeting you. Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye, Angela. Um, Ohio City Provisions, uh, oh, they were great. which is, that which is, great. yeah, great friends of ours. That's where we got our hog. Uh, we got, we got a lot of stuff from them. Like they, they, yeah. I just, that the Ohio City Provisions, that what they do there is so impressive. You know, and I, I think it just escaped my mind because we were just in and out of there like quick twice. But like true butcher shop, you know, in our charcuterie, curing chamber they have all local produce um like their own farm yeah like it's it was incredible and that's the kind of stuff that uh, you know we have a couple spots in miami but like it's just not enough you know it's like not enough and when i see that here if i if i lived here i would go there all the time you know and it was i i loved it i loved it and then uh shout out to the west side market uh for being well over 100 years old 
some cool stuff there, uh, Kate's Fish, and then our friends at Ritman Orchard, which we went to, yeah. Ohio City Farms, uh, and Bent then, Ladder. and then Bent Ladder, uh, Cider, which, which also, which is run by Ritman Orchard. Um, hundred, what did they say? Over a hundred types of apples that yeah. they grow. So, and that's. So just like, um, talking about the farm visits that we did, I've never actually seen an apple on a tree. That, that was like a big, I've never seen an apple on a tree. Um, I never have seen so many fresh berries other than, than I think my one time in Canada. Um, I've never seen like it just, so the apple thing, you know, like he's talking about it, like it's very sad for me. I felt like I was walking around with a bunch of Cubans looking at mango trees, right? Cause it's like, Oh, there's mango trees. It's just a bunch of mango trees. He's like, here's like 14 different types of apples. And I'm like, wow, this is fucking nuts. Trees and, plum trees. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. And melons. then, and melons, like I've never, like melon season in Miami is like five days. So, you know, it's, I think that was one of the most exciting things for me about this dinner. And I think that's why also to just to rewind back to the dinner, why we were so kind of like off the cuff because there was so many things that I would love to work with so much more and do so many things with them. But we, we only had five dishes. So it's like, fuck man, like fuck, what am I going to do here? Anyways, but that was great. And then we had the tasting of all the cider, which she was very passionate about cider, you know? So that was cool. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, it's just like our off the cuff dinner, our off the cuff dinner is very similar to how we do, just as sometimes at Plum, I mean, we, we do a little planning, um, but we, you know, we don't know, we have a, we have a, an idea of when the season is starting and ending. We don't know exactly when it will because every year is different. So, you know, we might know a week ahead of time that melons are, in se- are coming into season. Like, hey, this is what we have from the farm. So, you know, we have an idea, but everything gets fleshed out right then and there. So we ordered it in, we put it on the menu, and it's very similar to what we did here. For the, for the dinner. So I'm going to uh, plug uh, Brett's places for him since he did a terrible job plugging his own places. You can follow him at the Plum. Was it Plum Cleveland? It's, it, uh, what, what do we want? Twitter? Just go Instagram. What everyone yeah, uses. Yeah, yeah. Not, not older people. Uh, I think it's at the Plum Cleveland. Yeah. At the Plum Cleveland and good, uh, good company good, CLE. Good company dot CLE. Dot so CLE. We didn't want it to be good, good cold. Good, good company. Okay. Yeah, we didn't want it to be good cockle. <laughs> so, so we good co.cle. Okay, and, and good companies open seven days a week? Seven days a week. Uh, three days, we were open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day, 11 to 11 uh, for the kitchen. And then Monday through Thursday, 4 to 11. Uh, my Instagram is Brett Oliver Sawyer. Uh, and my Facebook is, um, don't worry about it. Yeah. No, stay away. Steer away. Steer away from the Facebook. That's too much. There's too much going on on the Facebook. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just area at Miami Chugs Diner. You can follow me at Pig Inc. Usually, usually, usually Nick, Nick does this part. So I'm like totally lost. What are we going to do when we do the, the good company, uh, Chugs? We call it good Chug. Well, we did the Chuggy Boy melt. Chuggy Boy melt. That might stick. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I'm okay. We may, we may keep using it. Nolan's going to be super mad. Now i got to make more bread. <laughs> Fuck. Stop. That's always mad. <laughs> <laughs> a year from now, it's a rooftop party. Yeah, rooftop party. got a killer rooftop. If you have a private event and want to cater by good company, please see Brett Oliver Sawyer. All right, Brett, thank you. 
Um, this was great. I super enjoyed all of this. Um, and yeah, that's all I got. Cool. <laughs> Bye. Bow, 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 bow,